All my life, been grinding all my life Sacrifice, hustle pay the price Want a slice, got to roll the dice That's why, all my life, I been grinding all my life It's time to grind! Hello everyone and welcome to the Grounded Podcast. I'm your host Randall Tucker. That was Nipsey Hussle bringing us in with his song Grinding All My Life. Let's hit that rail we call life and let's grind it. One of the reasons why I decided to start these podcasts is because I see in our society, especially in the United States today, the the hatred and the hatred we have for each other, the, this color versus that color, and this life matters but, you know, more than this life and uh you fill in the blank with whatever, you know, this rainbow flag over here and, and this flag over here and this statue over here and, and that statue over there and it needs to come down. And it's just so much division and so much hatred. Where's the love? And so God loves. Jesus loves. John writes over and over that God is love. And when we look at Jesus, we see the perfect example of love. And we see what he done for us, how he died on the cross for us, and that he was buried in a tomb and was resurrected on the third day. And he did that for us. It's the perfect, the ultimate example of love. And so what I would like to do is just look at the book of John over the next several weeks and break it down. And let's look at Jesus because that's what John does. John throws Jesus out there. He puts Jesus in our face. He said, this is who Jesus is. This is who Jesus was. This is what Jesus did. You either take it or you leave it. And so by the time we get through this study, I hope that you take it. I hope that you take Jesus and that you have a personal relationship with Jesus so that you would know what love is all about and that you would look at your fellow man, love your neighbor as yourself. And so by looking at Jesus, that's all we can do is the love. And that's what uh, true love is all about, is what Jesus did for us. And so we're going to break down the book of John, and we're going to uh, see what he says about Jesus. And if you have anything that you would like for me to cover, or anything that you would like uh, for me to say on this podcast about the book of John or about Jesus, uh, you can send me an email at grinditpodcast at gmail.com. And I will take a look at that email and we'll respond. And so with that in mind, let's get into the book of John. And we'll start in John chapter 1 when John writes, In the beginning the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. And God created everything through Him and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. And so right off the bat, John puts Jesus out there, and he says, Jesus was God. Jesus was God. And he's also going to show that Jesus was human. So was Jesus human? Was Jesus God? Was he both? And the answer is yes. He was 100% human, and yet he was 100% God. Not 50-50. He was 100% human, and he was 100% God. I'll give you some examples. To show you that he was 100% human, uh, Matthew 1.16 tells us that he was born of a woman, right? The Virgin Mary. In Luke chapter 2, verse 40, it says that he grew as a young boy. So he grew up, 
right? And about 30 years old is when he started his ministry. So he grew. In John chapter 4, verse 6, uh, John writes that he got tired. Remember, he, had a, he, he came into Samaria and he sat at the well because he'd been on a journey and he was tired. And he asked the Samaritan woman for some water and it freaked her out. In John 19, verse 28, it says he got thirsty because that's when he was on the cross and he says, I thirst. And they put a sponge with vinegar on it, I believe, and touched it to his lips and he refused it. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 2, he, he got hungry. And that was in the temptation uh, when Satan came along and tried to get him to turn the stones into bread. But he'd been fasting for 40 days. Of course he's hungry. In Luke chapter 22, verse 44, he sweat. Matter of fact, he was, he, he, he was in such agony about having to go to the cross. He, he prayed to the Father three different times to, to find some other way to get this done. And the Father says, nope, this is, this is the way it's got to be. And Jesus was in such agony that his sweat became like drops of blood. Luke twenty-two forty-four. Um, in Mark chapter 15, verse 37, uh, in King James Version says he gave up the ghost. But in other words, he, he died. He had a heartbeat and his heart quit. Because after six hours of hanging on the cross, he had enough. And, he, and the Bible says that he gave up the ghost. Up to 60% of the human body is water, and, and when we're cut, we bleed, right? So, water and blood. In John chapter 19, verse 34, after Jesus had died on the cross, what they would do was, to these people who hung on the cross, to make their uh, deaths to be quicker, they would break their legs. And so they come to Jesus and, and realize that he was already dead, So they didn't, and there was a prophecy I believe it's in the book of Psalms where it says no bones will be broken. And so Jesus is already dead so that they didn't do anything to his body. But in John chapter 19 verse 34 it says one of the soldiers however pierced his side with a spear and, and check this out and immediately blood and water flowed out. John wrote that for a reason because there was Gnostics back in his day that said Jesus or God didn't come in the flesh. And for somebody to be in the flesh, for somebody to, to have a heartbeat and, and to be alive, to be a human, they would have to be made up of water and blood. And so John writes that Jesus' Jesus' side was pierced with that spear and out came blood and water. So he was 100% human. And there's other examples that I could, I could give you. In John chapter 1, verse 14, John says, and the word, which is Jesus, became flesh and he dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word, the logos, Jesus, became human. No one has ever seen God. First John chapter 4, verse 12 and other passages. However, we see God when we, when we look at Jesus. He has revealed God the Father to us. We can't look upon God. Nobody's ever seen God face to face. But yet Jesus has revealed God the Father to us. In John chapter 1 verse 18, John writes, No one has ever seen God but the unique one, they're talking about Jesus, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. So when we see Jesus, we see God. 
because Jesus is God in the flesh. In John chapter 14, verse 9, Jesus himself said, answering a question that was asked him, he says, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I am the exact image of the Father. So God has now left heaven and he has put on flesh and he was born of a virgin, Mary, and they named him Jesus. And the angel said his name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so John says in verse 14, God in the flesh dwelt among us. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been camping and pitched a tent. I've been on a few camping trips. I ain't going to pretend that I'm the expert at camping because I definitely am not. I'm not even really a fan of camping. I'd rather sleep in my recliner or bed. Um, but I have been camping a few times, and every time that I went camping, I had a tent. And you had to put this tent together, and I think they call it pitching a tent. Well, the Greek word for dwelt in John 1.14 is skenoo, and skenoo comes from the word skenos, which means tent. In other words, John is saying the word, the logos, Jesus, God in the flesh, he pitched his tent among us. And what it is is an actual reference to the tabernacle uh, that is found in Exodus 20.34-38 that they uh, built for a dwelling place for God. And then after the tabernacle came, uh, the you know, because the tabernacle, they had to pick it up and, and move it because they were wandering around for, for a while. And so they had to have something that they could take with them. And it was not until, because uh, David wanted to build a permanent place for God's dwelling place. And uh, God said, no, because you shed blood. So he allowed Solomon, David's son, uh, to build it in the city of Jerusalem, right? The temple. Um, but... John says, God in the flesh dwelt among us. And this word dwelt in the Greek is the word for tent. God in the flesh pitched his tent among us, being a reference to the tabernacle. And when the tabernacle was complete in Exodus chapter 20, verses 34 through 38, God's presence filled that tabernacle. It filled that huge tent in the form of a cloud. And just like the Hebrew people saw the presence of God in the form of a cloud in that tabernacle, John says, hey man, we saw God in the flesh. He dwelt among us. He was right here. We could reach out and touch him. We could talk to him. We, we just spent a lot of time with him. We, we was on a campfire and we ate fish with this guy. He, we saw him feed thousands and thousands of people with with two with, with some fish and some bread and, and and it just multiplied we saw all these miracles that he did god was in the flesh and he was right here in front of us we saw it he pitched his tent right here with us he dwelt among us and then john says in in, in verse 1 for uh, chapter 1 verse 14 he says and we beheld his glory the glory is of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth this word beheld is uh, theomai in the Greek. 
It's where we get our word theater. We go to the theater to watch movies, you know, to eat popcorn and buy all that expensive candy and, and drink. God says, hey, grab your popcorn and watch this. And this is coming straight from a dude that sat at a campfire and ate fish with Jesus. He watched Jesus be transfigured while Moses and Elijah from the Old Testament appeared beside him. And they saw all these miracles that Jesus performed. And, and, and John even writes at the end of his book that Jesus did so many miracles that there's not enough books that could contain all the things that Jesus did. All the miracles that he performed. John saw Jesus die on the cross. He, he outran Peter to the tomb when they got the news from Mary that Jesus' body was missing. He saw all this firsthand, and he writes about it to us so that we can have that experience as well and so that we can get to know Jesus, the Logos, God in the flesh. And John even ends up giving his life for Jesus. And a man that's willing to do that, matter of fact, all those disciples did that. They gave up their life for Jesus and telling people about Jesus. And they went through persecution. So I think we should pay attention to what John says. And John says, Jesus is deity. He is God. He was human. He was God in the flesh. But not only was Jesus human, he was also God. We'll get into that in just a second. Let's take a break. Wrist, wrist is danked, twanked and danked. All right, so we looked at Jesus being uh, human, and we looked at some uh, characteristics of, of what makes up a human and how Jesus, uh, he fit the bill. He had all of those things. Uh, well, you know, he ate, he drank, he... He slept, he sweat, he had a heartbeat, he died. So he was 100% human. And now we're going to flip the coin and show that Jesus is deity, that he is God. In John 1.1, John says, In the beginning the Word already existed. The Word was with God, the Word being Jesus, the Logos. And the Word, or Jesus, was God. And a lot of people have issue with this. But I'm going to present to you what the text says and the arguments for it, and you can do with it what you want. But if what John says here is true, then we should be able to go back to the beginning of the Bible and find Jesus there at creation, right? So let's go to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis 1.1 starts off, Almost exactly like John 1 1. When it says, In the beginning, which is the way John 1 1 starts, in the beginning, Genesis 1 1 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, we've got to find Jesus somehow in the, in the creation story. And the thing is, the, the name Jesus or Yeshua is to my knowledge, never mentioned in the Old Testament. He doesn't come along until the New Testament. And so we somehow or another, we've either got a problem or we've got to prove that Jesus was there just like John says that he was in creation. So what do we do? Well, 
when Genesis 1-1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, the word God there is not singular. It's plural. And if a word is plural, then there's got to be more than one, right? So God being Elohim, which is plural, not singular, means there was more than one person there when the heavens and the earth were created. And so we got to break that down. Let's see what the, the rest of Genesis has to say. Well, the very next verse in Genesis 1 verse 2, it says, The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So, we know God the Father was there. And now, in verse 2, we see that God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, was there hovering over the water. And so there's at least two right there. we got God the Father, and we got God the Holy Spirit. So, if we go down then in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, we're going to see something interesting because we're, we're still missing Jesus. But Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So, remember I said the word Elohim, the word for God is plural. And the verbiage, or the words used here in verse 26 and 27 shows the plurality. When God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. And so there we have Jesus in that verse. This, Genesis 1, 26 and 27, puts Jesus right there with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. And here you have God the Son Jesus. And when we put this idea with John chapter 1, 1 through 4, there's no doubt that Jesus was there at creation and Jesus is God. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him and nothing was created except through Him. And the Word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. Now, we're going to look at the Apostle Paul and what he had to say about this situation. Because we need some backup here. We need some backbone to this, these verses, if you will. This idea of Jesus being God and Jesus being there at creation. And so, if we looked at Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20... Here's what Paul has to say about Jesus being God and being at creation. Paul writes in Colossians 1, 15-20, Christ is the invisible image of the invisible God. Let me read that again. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Back in my younger day, we had these things called typewriters. 
And a typewriter would be that you would hit a, a key, a button, and this big old metal arm would slap over against a piece of paper that we had uh, rolled down into the typewriter. And on this arm, there was a letter. And when that arm slapped that, it would slap an ink strip onto the paper and whatever letter that was, it would tap it and stamp it onto the paper. And then the arm would fall back into place. And so if I type the letter R and I hit that R key, that arm would slap a, a, the letter R on my piece of paper. It is it, that On that arm, it was an image. And when it hit that paper, it, it printed that image. And it was the exact image that's on the arm. It's now on the paper. Well, I guess it would be the same thing on computers today. When you hit the letter R on your uh, keyboard, the letter R shows up on your Word document or whatever you're typing on. It's the exact image of that, that letter on your keyboard. And that's what Paul is saying here. Christ is the visible image. He is, he is the exact replica, if you will. He is the exact image. He is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Listen to this. Everything was created through him, Jesus, and for him. He existed before anything else because he's always been. He's always been with the Father. He's always been God. Eternity just it blows our minds because we think of things in time. God knows no time. And Paul says... He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body, and he is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. There is absolutely no doubt that Jesus was 100% human, and yet he was also 100% God. Our little feeble brains is hard for this to, to comprehend because it just blows our minds. That's why David wrote in Psalms 139.6, he says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. And he's talking about God and he's thinking about God. And he says, This dude knows when I'm awake. He knows when I'm asleep. He knows what I'm about to say before I ever even say it. If I go into the depths of hell, he's there. If I go into the the depths of the sea, he's there. I can't get away from this guy. It's just too much. I can't understand God. And so Jesus, being God, puts on flesh and he comes down to earth through a woman, a virgin, and is born a child, and he puts on flesh, and he grows up, and he becomes a man, and he has a ministry for about three, three and a half years, and he he gathers 12 men to pour himself into in his teachings so that they can carry on his work so that we can understand God. And John says, look, God in the, was in the flesh. He was right here. He, 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 he dwelt among us. He pitched his tent among us. 
and it, 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 we could see him just like we go to the the movie theater with our popcorn and and our coke and or Pepsi or whatever you'd like to drink and your candy and John says, "Look, man, he was right here, and we were with him for a good three years, and we've seen all these things that he'd done." And I'm telling you that Jesus was human, but Jesus was also God. And we're here to help you understand who God is, and and the way you can know who God is is by looking at the exact image of the Father, and that's His Son, Jesus Christ. But check this out. You can change one little letter and it'll change the whole word, the whole meaning of a word. When John says that Jesus is the word and the Greek is the logos, but if you change that O, that first O to an E, you get Legos. Being a, you know, Legos being a plastic kids toy that's used for stacking together and creating things. And when you step on them, man, it hurts. It hurts really bad, right? And even though it may seem as a joke, it's exactly what the Hebrew people did. God, the Logos, the Holy Spirit led them out of the Egyptian bondage in the Old Testament after they had been crying out to him as slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt. And so Moses leads them out across the Red Sea and into freedom, and, and soon they're going to be headed to the promised land, right, that God had, had promised to them. And he's gonna, he promises all these blessings upon them if they just be obedient to him. And so he, they cry out because they're hungry, right? And he feeds them with manna, and that's not good enough. And so he feeds them quail, and then he miraculously gives them water to drink over and over again, even from a rock one time. And when the water was bitter, uh, God commanded Moses to throw a, a tree branch into the water, and the bitter water became sweet. It, it became drinkable. And so Moses goes up on Mount Sinai to receive some commandments from God, and he hangs out there way too long for the people. They lose their patience. And so they talk themselves into believing Moses ain't coming back down that mountain and that he probably died on the mountain up there talking to God. And, and even though they can see the presence of God and they can hear thunders and see lightnings in the form of a cloud, right? Then they... So they lose their patience and they turn to Aaron, Moses' brother, and they said, Hey, make us a God, little g, so we can worship. And in Exodus chapter 32, verses 1 through 4, it says, When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods, little g, who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses, who brought us up, on, uh, up out of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. Aaron answered them. He should have said, y'all need to just wait. Because Moses is up there talking to God on your behalf. And he's trying to get some instruction to help y'all out. But instead of saying that, Aaron says, hey, here's what you need to do. Take off these uh, your gold earrings that your wives and your sons and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. And so all the people took off their earrings and, and they brought them to Aaron and he took what they handed, handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning with a tool. And then they said, These are your gods, little g, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. So they made this golden calf and said, This is the, this is the gods, plural, little g, these false, this is your false God. This is the God that you've made up in your mind 
that you fashioned from your earrings that because you got to have something tangible you you got to have something you remember john said god is invisible but they were tired of waiting on moses and so they they fashioned to themselves a god that they could see and they said this is the god who brought you up out of egypt they took their legos if you will their earrings and made themselves a little god a little g Instead of worshiping the Logos, the one true God. And here, you, you would think, if they could see what's going on and they know Moses is up there, why would they do this? Same reason why we do today. We still play with Legos, even as adults. We play with Legos instead of turning to the Logos, the Word, Jesus. Man has always had a void that only God can fill. But ever since the garden, man has tried filling that need, that void, that need of God with other stuff. Maybe not a golden calf, but other idols. Because you see, anything that we put before God becomes an idol. It could be our job, it could be our kids, our spouse, our money, our bank account. You can fill in the sports, whatever. Anything that comes before God becomes an idol. It's just as bad as that golden calf. And we look to it as our Savior Instead of looking to the Lagos. We play with the Legos and we fill that void with, with Legos instead of looking at the Lagos, Jesus. It's nothing but Legos when we could have the Lagos. God in the flesh, the Christ, the Messiah, Jesus. It's time we put away the Legos. Time that we put away those idols. It's time that we fill that void in our life with the Lagos, Jesus Christ. And that's the whole reason why we're breaking down the book of John. We will finish John chapter 1 in the next podcast. Thank you for being with me today. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Grind It Podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time. And when a challenge comes your way, just oh my, grind it. Been grinding all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle paid the price, want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life, yeah. all my life.